Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I am Andy Wood. Let's just dive straight into this because yes. we've got a returning guest. Is this your third or fourth appearance? I don't I'm know. No, no, because we did. It's, it's Shane Moss. Let's just say his name first before we get into the logistics. <laughs> hey but I guys. know, I know, I recorded one just with you yeah. when Andy was out of it town. Was, it was the best one, I would say. I'd say that was probably <laughs> one of the not just the best one with you. I'd say probably the best episode we've ever done. I'm seeing the Sans Andy episode. There was a 2016 one. There was a 2017 one. It's possible this is only my third one. Yeah, because we definitely did. I remember we did one in the backyard in Andy's yeah. old place. Yeah. Next to the pool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, that's right. There were episode 36. So that would have been back in uh, 2012. Oh, you did you do one way back. Mm-hmm. And then looks like. And then we did one when you just started to do the stuff with scientists, with evolutionary biologists you were talking about a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you did the one with just the two of us where you were about to launch the tour of your psychedelic show. Yeah. And so we spent really a lot well. of time talking about the, the yeah. psychedelics and the chemistry and the right. yeah. psychology of that. Yeah. And neurology. Yeah. That ended in uh, me losing my mind, but it that, was that it was, journey. Yeah, that journey ended that way. It's it's been uh, it's been good though. It was like uh, <laughs> it's a good mind losing. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like Do you see- it, it was a true restart. Uh, like uh, the, the psychedelic community often talks about that about the, the kind of you know we have all of these. Uh, it, it kind of neural patterns and these these kind of fixed action patterns mm-hmm. in our lives that you know, our brain's the sufficiency based pattern recognition machine and we kind of get stuck in these same behaviors. Some of them are great. Some of them uh, we we are uh, they are no longer useful for us if yeah. they ever were, and it can be hard to break them. Everyone kind of knows it, and and uh, and psychedelics. It seems like can be a way of of like shaking things up a little bit, and that shake up process can be very confusing. But I now, uh, you know, about a year, a little more than a year later, I feel like the most like balanced, well put together version of Shane Moss that I've I've been I came close there's like one other time in my life when I was like sober and taking good care of myself remember we went rock climbing oh yeah before yeah, you before yeah, you before I broke my like that broke my oh man it, it broke a lot of me it broke a lot of my confidence and oh that was like a, a year a you will spent to live in and, rehabilitation or more right yeah I was on crutches for a year that was okay it was when I you know what broke me was after crutches when I was like, I'll be on a cane now. I'm done with crutches. No, that was, you know, I had a, had a couple rough surgeries and uh, here, here it is. I'm done with this. And then I, when I was on a cane, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be a problem for the rest of my life. Like, no. And it has, no it has been? Yeah, it actually lately hasn't been that bad. I, I have good days and bad days. And but you're not going for a jog or something. What's that? But you're not going to like go for a jog with your... Oh, I started can- jogging recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. there's days that I wouldn't. Uh, there's days that I feel, especially like in the morning, you know, this yeah. like, it's really prepping me for aging. I feel like my left foot is like an 80 year old man's <laughs> foot and the rest of me is fine. So, so uh, was your your psychological spell was that like the brain version of a sporting injury 
Yes, it oh very much was. Things just like really spun uh, way, way out of control. I was I was shooting this documentary um, that's it's coming out next year called Psychonautics, a comics exploration of psychedelics, and we had kind of a you know a low budget and a short amount of time to film it, and we were trying to like film me doing all of the psychedelics <laughs> and including can you list some for our, should we give any like warnings in this episode any? Uh, i don't know uh <laughs> i mean i mean i just said that i lost my mind yeah, i'm not sure that we're good... necessarily glamorizing the i did uh, i mean i i'm i would say that i'm an advocate for psychedelic research not uh, necessarily that everyone that should everyone go do every go psychedelic no. yeah and maybe that research should be conducted under more traditional research yeah, yeah, frameworks yeah, yeah. rather than oh no that's absolutely what i mean yeah it's, it's like johns hopkins and that sort of thing. rather than like you and a documentary crew and uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so and a hotel bedroom uh, uh, well outside of the documentary so I, I was also just doing lots so i I also hit a time where I was like starting to have some I, I had I started to have panic attacks for the first time ever right before the document so I was like well I was starting to feel like a rut and usually like if I'm in a rut I just like eat mushrooms uh, two or three times in a week and then I it would usually snap me out of the rut I'd have like clear uh, like a, a sense of clarity for my direction forward Mm -hmm. in life and some inspiration and motivation maybe a few jokes and um and that would be you know i'd be good for another like nine months again and then and then uh depression would start settling in again and that was just kind of like the system and but this time i was like well okay this is perfect i'm shooting this documentary so i'll just show this process i'll do psychedelics i'm in a rut right now i'll do psychedelics and it will get me out of this rut reliably like it usually does and uh and it did and then i was like well why just get out of a rut like what if you could just like also like feel like good like and then, uh-huh. and then and so I kept on like doing my but but I was also kind Just of like exploring mushrooms, the whole time, mushrooms a lot because I was also trying to like explore the space and write a lot and I was writing a new show about psychedelics as mm-hmm. like a follow up and then I thought well that worked you know I'm feeling good right now what's after like can I feel great and then I did like and then I and I quit drinking and I quit smoking. Uh, cigarettes and and by by like just continuing to eat more mushrooms like in larger tw- doses or more often or what? Uh, like no just right like two three times a week which is like that's what you should do in like a year like yeah. a regular mushroom user i'd say and uh increasing dosage a little bit maybe but but just like really tapping into that space a lot and um and then uh i things were like really uh i was just feeling fantastic <laughs> and then <laughs> and then i uh and then i just started getting like some seemingly some like messages from the universe Ooh. uh-huh and uh once that started things started uh uh, it was really fun and exciting and interesting for a little while. And I had an ayahuasca trip that um, that trajected me into a very manic state, which was very exciting, filled with lots of big ideas for like a week. 
uh, then I kind of became convinced that I had figured out time travel. Okay. <laughs> Alright, that's generally and, a worrying sign. And then, and then I was like convinced that I was getting like messages from the future and some of them weren't necessarily good. Some of them were like warnings about like you know the the, the world collapsing or whatever and and um and then i started so i was like really excited for so at this one when things like really fell apart did ayahuasca got messages about the universe and like my my larger purpose in this puzzle of life and and like it told me like these things that were going to happen to me. And then they just started happening like immediately. Like, uh, it would be like, you're going to be in this DMT experiment. I'd be like, okay. And then like the first text I got the next day was like, Hey, we, there's this like groundbreaking DMT experiment. We'd like you to be the first participant. I'm like, what? And then I like, uh, I'm like, now, okay. The, the skeptic in me from here is, is now thinking given the other sort of delusions that you were having around that time, was, did you write any of those things down in a testable way where you sort of wrote down DMT experiment and then the text came through? Because it's also possible in my mind that you'd get the text and then your brain would create a false memory that six hours earlier you'd imagine that this was about to happen. Boy, it would, it would be like such a relief to know that that's like what it was. Like right. Much of the experience was me intellectually trying to be like, no, right. no, this isn't this yeah. isn't happening. It would be uh, like I would, uh, you know, like in the same experience. It'd be like, oh, there's this one. Sci- uh, there's this one particular scientist um, as well that like uh, has um, some way of changing. Like, like I, I was like following him on Twitter, and he had. Uh, uh, it, it was I, I can't say who it was, uh, uh, but. He had some views on the education system, and and I think that was like influencing my trip. But I had this like this very powerful moment that I don't even quite fucking remember, but about like nudging the education system in some way, and uh, and it was like based on this one in this one guy. I'm like, why am I thinking of this one guy so much during this ayahuasca trip? And the next, uh, the next day also, it was like, as soon as I got off of this fucking mountain where there was no reception, I got a direct message from Twitter from this guy who I had reached out to like four months earlier Uh that was like, Hey, sorry, I never got back to you. Um, uh, there, there was this, uh, um, but good to hear from you. By the way, here's this paper that I just wrote on like how to change the education system. I'm like, what? And then I was like, I wrote them because I kind of knew, I was like, well, that's weird. I, and I was kind of manic, when you're manic, you blab way too much about this stuff. You should really keep to yourself so you don't get locked <laughs> don't up. I, I was like, I was like, weird. I, I was just thinking about you during an ayahuasca trip last night. And he was like, oh, that's weird. I wrote this whole paper. I was, in, was inspired by mushrooms. That's why I can't mention his name because oh. I can't. Um, uh, and, and I was like, huh, well, that's strange. And then just like weird stuff like that kept on happening where I'm like, that is the wackiest 
coincidence. And so here's like a testable-ish uh, thing. But it's just like ridiculous because coincidences happen in life. Yeah. Right. So, so this, uh, this, is, this is like... And you think... And you, you know, you're immersed in that world as well because the other possibility is you there's, just... There's confirmation bias all over the place. Yeah, you're thinking about... You're always thinking you're about possible trials and, you're th- and you probably thought about 20 other scientists that didn't contact you straight after coming down from the mountain. Yeah, I mean, I would like to think that's the case um <laughs> that's definitely not what happened but I, I i mean those those are like this is what i ran through like uh-huh. okay this is you, you don't think about the uh you know you pay particular attention to the connections that do make sense mm-hmm. you you miss all of the ones that don't make sense but there there was there was you know one scientist and one scientist only that entered into this ayahuasca there was one trial and one trial only that entered into and it was like clear as day and i saw like future images of my and and the and i didn't even in the trip i was like neat movie playing in my head like you know i wasn't like attaching to it i didn't think that there's anything profound about it i was like yeah i'm on drugs right now i'm Mm -hmm. just seeing this thing um and then i started uh then I started like putting together weird ideas about time. I don't think any of them made any sense at all. Um, Are they related to Terence McKenna's theories? I was just looking. At well, his Wikipedia some, entry first. yeah, some. I mean, later on, I've talked about this since. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, if it, uh, Terence McKenna had a similar." It does appear that Terence McKenna and Dennis McKenna, from my little understanding, I never, I never read any other stuff. They had some experience where they were eating tons and tons of mushrooms all of the time and both experienced kind of a break. And at that time, they had these ideas about time travel and manifesting this and that. Yeah. And uh, I guess it was similar-ish to what my experiential reports of... I don't think any of this is real. I'm not, yeah. try, I'm not trying not, to convince yeah. any of, saying, uh, anyone out there. Uh-huh. I'm say, yeah, I'm saying this is what the... And uh, and so there is there was like there was a real the real definite break was uh, a week later after this I so I'm already manic I already haven't like slept in a week about what I was sleeping like an hour a day Oof. and I was like well, waking That's... up like excited so I'm already so now my thoughts are getting like less like interesting and like inventive but like still kind of within the ballpark of reality getting a little too creative but you know fun thoughts to like things are starting to fall apart a little bit was anyone Um, in your life being like hey my girlfriend was like very uh, pretty worried about me um and then we are going to see roger waters um that'll help clear that up (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> that'll get you grounded again <laughs> nothing like the music of Pink Floyd <laughs> to really kick you out of that psychedelic <laughs> haze that you're in a blacklight black poster for you and it was already like this meant to be kind of experience yeah. because it was uh, it was I, I was during my psychedelic tour I was in, in like uh, the merch line after the show there was like someone being like asking me about music and i was like well pink floyd's probably my favorite of all time and then the next person in line is like did you say you like pink floyd i'm like yeah of course and, and he's like well i actually fly the inflatable pig during the roger waters concert i'm like really <laughs> and he's like yeah i can get you tickets wherever i'm like really okay and so he gets <laughs> i'm the these, pig pilot 
<laughs> he's the pig pilot. And so he amazing. gets me these amazing tickets for this Roger Waters concert. And so I'm like, oh, this will be my girlfriend and I's anniversary. And I'll, I'll do it in Milwaukee. And my brother lives there. And I'll go in and and uh, and uh, hang out with some friends and go to this. And uh, and I was like talking about... So so I here's like one of the ideas I was having. I was like... I was like, so if it's if in this DMT state you're tapping into like this other dimension that's kind of just outside of our time, and that's why these like you're you're able to see these get this information that is outside of our linear kind of conscious perception of time. Uh, so if that's the case, could I influence it in some way? Like if I were to go into this DMT extended state, which is like, that's what, what the study was to like, instead of a 10 minute DMT trip, have it where you can, uh, do like a four hour DMT trip. And, and for like listeners who don't know, am I correct in saying DMT is the active ingredient in ayahuasca and it's yeah. a short duration? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like we should say, cause we sort of, minute. The episode, the last episode that you did, we went quite deep into all this stuff, Mm -hmm. but for a brief overview. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a disassociative. It's uh, a very, you smoke DMT and and it doesn't really matter how science minded or anything else you are. You're going to go into like a different state. I think it's your inner workings of your mind. And uh, I think that, uh, I, I think that there's these kind of inner worlds um like, like i th- i compare it to the movie inside out yeah in a way i think there's something like that happening in our head these mm-hmm. different layers of perception and putting together our tasks in life and that sort of thing um but uh yeah it's exceptionally powerful um and it's it's sometimes there's a lot of time dilation it sometimes feels as if you live like thousands of years and in, in this like 10 minute thing it like you come like back hell, here and it? or not uh it's usually pretty enjoyable i mean, I mean you come back here and they're like well what is this because <laughs> i've only been here like 38 years like this seems like nothing compared <laughs> to like the amount of time i feel like i've spent much more time in the dmt space than i have in in uh this existence but that doesn't terrify or you can't see how that terrifies someone else when you're describing it to them Oh, I, I don't recommend it to people necessarily. <laughs> I, mean, I guess again, none of this you have is... to be a pretty adventurous person. To, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, and once again, this whole journey jarring. did end with you losing your mind. Yeah, yeah, and it's a jarring experience. And DMT in particular, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily anything like therapeutic about the experience. Mushrooms might be like, oh, I kind of never noticed that about like I experience anxiety during this one particular thing, and maybe that's you know I. I'm I'm yeah, getting short with people like you know, I, I get short with my girlfriend because of the dishes because of this thing that's connected to my childhood and I don't need to do that anymore you know yeah, those yeah. kinds of DMT is not going to have any of those kinds of grounded realizations okay. like that uh, but people do think ayahuasca does they come out of an ayahuasca mm-hmm. weekend ceremony yeah. or whatever feeling like they've had big rhythm yeah and ayahuasca I would say is ayahuasca is more grounded there's other stuff going on in ayahuasca than oh, just, it's not the just that. so DMT. what is in ayahuasca that's... I don't know the chemical makeup of ayahuasca. <laughs> there, there's a lot going on in there. To, and, and to like take away uh, 
um, you, you know, uh, to overly simplify things much in the way that like juicing fruit, you're, you're inadvertently not getting the fiber in your diet. And most uh-huh. people are never going to know that because you haven't evolved to taste fiber. So because fiber was already in our diet. And so there was no need for a psychological mechanism to make us seek it out. Uh, so, uh, but, but now in our modern environment, we're taking too much fiber out of our, so that's, that's potentially with uh, what's happening with ayahuasca where, where you're mixing all of these different plants together and cooking in such a way that like, if you're just trying to chemically extract the DMT, you might be change altering the experience Uh in some way. Uh, and, uh, and it seemed different to me. It seems like a, uh, ayahuasca seems like right in between mushrooms and DMT, actually. Okay. A, a little DMT, a little like, oh, I'm going into this multiverse. And then also, <laughs> but like, it's connected to this reality. We have talked on this show, there's been some scientific studies recently that have shown things like mushrooms might help with depression in certain situations. Oh, uh, I would say and so. End of life, uh, people in hospice and things dealing with, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they helped me with the, with depression quite a bit until they broke me into right, pieces, okay. so and that where led were we me we were at- <laughs> uh, into like horrible depression after that. Um, uh, yeah. So so like I I had this idea that like well so say I did this study maybe if I got in there like say I don't tell anyone I'll just like confide this in my I'm just like brainstorming with her and she's like so sick of hearing my stupid ideas at Uh this point she's not like ooh that's a neat idea she's like I'm very worried about your dumb ideas about time travel and I'm (laughs) sick of fucking hearing you haven't asked about me in five days you've just been talking about time travel and whatnot and so I'm like well maybe I could go in and I could like I could somehow like have if i had it set up where like someone would give me something like in an envelope and i wouldn't even say this but someone like would after i got out of this dmt state someone would give me something in an envelope that would mean something to me but i wouldn't know what so i couldn't like change it I, it was just I don't even know what the fuck idea or experience like what what is the you know yeah and I was like well why even why would it if it's manipulating time why couldn't I have someone hand me this envelope now, today like now yeah. anyway and kind of forgot about it then uh, went uh, ate mushrooms I'm already in a manic state I'm already like I shouldn't eat mushrooms but I've already kind of committed to it I was afraid he got a bag of mushrooms for us we're going to roger waters uh and so i gobble these mushrooms we go to the show i get uh, it's like this amazing like unreal like oh we get to go in this concierge area or whatever before the show and like have drinks and hang out and everything and like all my friends get to feel cool uh and and uh and um and i see the guy the, the, pig the, pig, the pig flyer <laughs> and he goes he goes hey how are you and he's like he looks at the tickets and he's like oh and, and like this weird looks on him. he's like oh you know what i i have something for you and he goes and he brings me a fucking envelope and i'm like no mushroom's like 
an envelope. An envelope. <laughs> the only time in my life I've been handed an envelope. <laughs> I mean, people don't hand you envelopes that often. How often does it happen that a random person hands you an envelope? That's a good so, point. So, I mean, at a concert venue, almost every time I go to Will Call, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so I go, and, and, and then I'm like, well, this is strange. And then, uh, I should say every time I've gone where someone has given me tickets to something at will call, it's been in an envelope as opposed to just the tickets. Yeah, yes, right. No, I mean, these are all, these are all the intellectual reasonings that you should have for these things. There, there, there shouldn't be anything magical seeming about any of this stuff, but there was in my mind and I was on mushrooms and I'm like, huh, no, uh, uh, that's weird. And he comes back and he hands me this envelope. I'm like, huh. And I open it up, and it's a signed, like, autograph photo of Roger Waters. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I have to kill Roger right Waters now. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, like, things just started feeling, like, very unreal. Yeah. It, was, it, it started feeling like... Am I dying right now? And this is like this little gift that I get to have before like all of this universe collapses and it real and I realize that this life was actually the trip and like this hallucination that I've been having yeah. in the DMT space is the reality. <laughs> and uh and my brain just started going down that pathway. Mm-hmm. Um and I started now all of a sudden like the songs are like connecting to me in this way in, the, in which I've never heard it before and uh-huh. and I'm like this is a fucking message from like God or the universe or, or something from like future what Roger Waltz's <laughs> yeah and and uh and it's still it's a lot to process yeah. and I'm on mushrooms and um this is the tour last year right yeah I saw and this as well it was fantastic it was great yeah, a lot, and, of Trump, a lot of Trump imagery in the songs. Yeah, a lot of like Trump in, imagery, yeah. and uh, and and there, and so then I, uh, uh, mind you, I haven't lost my mind yet. These are just like, well, that's interesting that the weird synchronicities, yeah. a thing that I don't believe in, um, keeps happening to me. And then, like, you know, another day without sleep. And now my girlfriend's worried about me because I like as the concert was happening, like these things like it started feeling like a thing was like taking over my body. And like there's these weird fucking swivels coming through like the fucking universe and like controlling my body in these strange way. And I was like going into these like bizarre, like almost convulsions or something like that. Like I didn't I'm, have control over my body. I wonder how much this could have been induced just by the one hour of sleep a night. Cause if you deprive yourself of REM sleep sure. long if enough, you, your body will also you, start Yeah. If you don't sleep for a week, you're going to go crazy yeah. no matter what without drugs. Right, right. And, and I'm throwing drugs on top of, the, or no sleep on top of drugs, one or the other. And uh, and then um, things started getting really confusing after that. And just more started seeing synchronicities everywhere. Things started happening really fast. Now I'm like texting people and like having like, uh, I'm texting them like kind of cryptic messages and oh, that God. sort of thing. And, and like people are starting to get worried about me and people, as people are getting worried about me, then like I'm getting paranoid. And now I'm like, I, I and I'm like trying to intellectualize these ideas. 
skip forward like another week and now there's like another and so week one was fun week two was not now it's like there's something wrong there's something like i can't i'm still not sleeping when i try to sleep no uh uh, when i try to sleep it feels like like whatever you know you go into the space on dmt and and you like see these like entity-ish things Mm -hmm. that you hallucinate or whatever it seemed like, oh, this isn't a one-way streak. I was going and popping my head into the, this world, but there's my inner world or whatever. But these things can actually pop through mine, and it seemed like this other thing was trying to like take over my my consciousness, and it was so I would like wake up, uh, like I would I would fall asleep and. One, it, you know, in like the kung fu movies, when someone gets knocked down and then they like jump up like from oh, their yeah, back from your back uh-huh. to your feet yeah, like yeah. that's how i would wake up that. like <laughs> that's that's like how i would wake up from a sleep <laughs> it's pleasant especially just, if you're sharing a bed with your girlfriend terri- sure it's great terri- yeah. terrified to go yeah and, and, and like and trying to like shake this thing out of my head and and this is again this is a week after you've stopped putting any substances yeah this body. is this is probably like even yeah a few days even was like the first time that my girlfriend took me to the hospital Oof. um went in they like basically sedated me woke up refreshed and like seemingly like doing yeah. better still like there's everyone's looking at me and and when you think everyone's oh. looking at you you look like you have a weird look about yeah, that's you right and so, so people, it become self-perpetuating and, and then people do look at you you know yeah. like what the <laughs> fuck is why is that guy walking around like that like looking over his shoulder although yeah. like is he's going to steal something like right and uh and and uh <laughs> and then uh you know it just i couldn't get my mind back on the tracks like it was it was full-blown like i i the next time i uh thought that i had figured out a way of hacking into the white house with my mind (laughs) (laughs) and and, and, that, I know, and stop that listening was, now anyone who doesn't like spoilers but were you <laughs> <laughs> i thought that i had maybe trapped uh, like figured out how this like universal con- like so basically we're living in a simulation so all of this data is being stored in some mainframe somewhere figured mm-hmm. out how to like hack into this mainframe figured out how to like hack into donald trump's mind and then like i would oh see God. things that was like this confirmation bias to be like no one's heard anything from Donald Trump for a few days. Like, uh, and he's always like going off on Twitter. I'm like, well, that's unusual. Did I actually trap him? Right. In my-? And then, and then, oh. so then I like took myself to a psych ward, like kind of fingers crossed. I was also trapping like Donald Trump. In my <laughs> mind. Like, like a if ghost he's in my mind, my mind is in the psych ward. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and and uh you know and then they and then you know i would then they would sedate me again i'd get sleep and then i'd wake up be smart enough and coherent enough to talk myself out of a psych uh, out of it again out of the ward yeah yeah 
and, they wouldn't and so be then like, they'd no, let me st- go again. Oh my god! And then like I'd go off the rails again, oh, and then uh, like my parents needed to get involved, and like and then there and then I was like forced into a actual like psych ward. That was fucking horrifying, oh my God. and uh, and Did then you ever I wear spent a like jacket? seven days. No, I never wore a straight oh, jacket. Okay. I sedated a couple times, and then um, and it, you know put me on mood stabilizers, and uh, yeah, worked well. Put out the fire, and then uh, you know I went off of them, um, uh, and that led to a pretty deep dark depression. You're not just supposed to like go cold turkey off of um, mood stabilizers. And were they uh, SSRIs or were they something else? I forget. Okay. Um, I was just like I didn't like the idea of being on them. I was taking them to like get out of the psych ward. I was the the difference like when you go to a psych ward, like there's no sentencing. So like you don't yeah. know you're like oh am I in here forever like you don't know you yeah. have no idea how right to like know that you've got people, anything between an afternoon and a decade yeah it's like such a horrifying and now and this I've is heard like, those and now this is like validate I'm like I knew it if I told people I knew I was gonna be locked up and now look at it yeah. and like if you're feeling paranoid like putting someone in a place like where you're surrounded by cameras all the time and I'm already having this Truman show ish situation where I think this is all like some fucking horrible practical joke gone wrong yeah and uh and like and you're talking with a bunch of other people that are also you know suffering their own breaks that you're like connecting with on this level like the things that they say make like all sorts of sense wouldn't that be an argument for i'm not trying to tell psychologists or psychiatrists how to do their jobs but like wouldn't that be an argument for not i guess Putting, putting someone in solitary is a horrible punishment also, but like having people only associate with people who are also having breaks from reality is just going to be the self-perpetuating thing. I mean, what do you do? It seems like there's not a great solution. It yeah. seems like, you know, you take someone to a doctor and then doctor's like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, I know what to do if you like have the flu. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know what to do when you're talking about time travel. And so then they pass you off to the next person who like also doesn't know what the fuck to, yeah. and I guess we give him this pill and see if he stops talking about time travel. And then they check back in and they're like, now, is he not talking about time travel right now? because he wants to be out or is he actually done not believing like, this thing anymore uh, and um and uh you know and i i don't think uh um you know anyone is terribly well trained to deal with these states i i don't know that that's I'm I mean, not sure we're really set mm-hmm. up. I'm not sure the med- any of the medical field is set up to deal with people in these situations. Like, probably why we have these or in just these just get the, I, I, schizophrenia okay. and, and psychosis in yeah. general. I think that. I, I mean, I also think like it's easy for people to just be like, "Oh, you went crazy." Like, well, okay, but mean? crazy in what way? Yeah. And how did my brain do that? And like that's still there's still a lot more questions to yeah. ask and answer. By the way, just on the subject of people reinforcing each other's psychoses or playing off them, uh-huh. did you know? Did you ever meet Mike McDonald, the Canadian comic who died earlier this year? Wait, not from Mad TV. No. Oh no, no. Uh, it was very funny, but he was in a psych ward for a bit, or he was in and out of psych wards occasionally. Mm-hmm. We had one story where he sat down with some woman on his first day, and she's like. 
I know why you're here. They sent you, didn't they? They sent you to spy on me. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. They sent me to spy on him. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're best buds for the rest of his stay. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there was weird, odd connections going on in there. And there was a lot of, like, we were all, it was a lot of, like, are you, are, are, okay, you're also feeling, okay, what, yeah. what about that guy? Is that guy against us? Are we a team? Or are you, oh, is this a trick? And <laughs> yeah. we're all doing that. And then it, and then there's like, a game like of Survivor where you're trying to work out what your alliances yeah. are. And, and then I, like, at one point, I got it in my head, like, the cam, so, like, what if the cameras, uh, like, couldn't they, can they alter this footage to, like, recreate the picture of what I'm doing in here to make me look crazy right to 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 like because they're like holding me captive in here and they're like you know they get government money for doing this and everything i you know with these stories i'm telling myself right and and so so but they're they're like they could edit together a video to show to like my parents that validates like why i'm in here again those stories with a glimmer of truth like yeah. obviously that is far out from what they're actually doing now like with the space and the f- clarity of thought but there is also some truth that even though they do have for the most part your best interests at heart there is still that I mean that fucking yeah. cliche of when when all you have is a hammer every problem looks like a nail right but there is Absolutely. that like if you are if your job is to run a psych ward and and in the the first thing you'll think Generally, or yeah. the, the thing you will na- more naturally jump to is, you know, we keep the patients here for their own security and safety. And if you make money uh, off a of, off a of prison, you yeah. need prisoners, and you don't even need and you don't even need to get into the sort of malicious thought or even the sort of greed of money. It's also just no. This is my this, my role in this whole m- machine is to run this psych ward and keep and to look after the people who are here mm-hmm. so you you will be thinking more about the specific aspects of their issues that are better treated by keeping them here plus you let someone out it's e- it's easier to keep someone in than to let someone out you let someone out and something goes wrong right that's on you you, you, you let someone out and nothing goes wrong like well you don't hear those stories you know, they're, yeah. they're, those, that's the common, the most common thing that can happen. You let someone out, they're fine. But like, right. you, they, you don't hear back from them. Like, what you hear back is the guy that like went out and like tried to kill himself again or whatever. And now he's back in and they're like, oopsie daisies. Right. He wasn't ready. I guess ready. we jumped the gun. He yeah. wasn't ready. And then that's, that, that's filling your perception of, uh, and, and there's a, there's a famous study. I just looked this up to make sure this wasn't urban legend, but, but um, in 1973, where 12 people used, used fake names, uh, like a graduate student, a housewife, a painter, a pediatrician, psychiatrist, and three psychologists used fake names, went out to 12 hospitals across the country, claimed to hear voices, and uh, and then once they checked in, um, you know, they had all these things that were like typical schizophrenia um, symptoms. Uh, they were admitted, at which point they stopped reporting any psychiatric symptoms. Still, still, nearly every person in the experiment was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Their hospitalizations ranged from 7 to 52 days. Doctors <laughs> prescribed them more than 2,000 pills. Yeah. When was this? Uh, 1973. And I think more things have been done like this. Since I was going to say, so this is pretty old stuff. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's old. Maybe, well, there's maybe also... Now, uh, hold on a second. Uh, I mean, I, I, I there's think... A, there's one more, one more thing I was trying to click on, but it... 
Vice is making me register to vote before reading their article. <laughs> Just, yeah, in general, once you've been diagnosed as insane, you're kind of seen through that lens, and whatever you're saying at that point is going to be, oh, of course, an insane person. And then I that. was, like, also acting crazy and paranoid because I'm, and, and there's... Yeah, so, the truth is, in that in your situation, you probably should have been kept in. Oh for yeah, that I'm, not saying, of yeah. I'm not saying they were in the wrong. I'm just saying, right, like, right. If, if you had been totally fine, with, right. it's hard to see. Well, when the you're... thing is, is like, but, well, Matt said there's like a kernel of truth in all this. Well, that kernel of truth is exactly what your brain will latch onto right. and run away with to create the story to validate it to yourself. And then there's this negativity bias where intellectually, yeah, I know I didn't like. Uh, hack into the White House or whatever, but if I did, like, is that why there's all this like conflict between like North Korea? Am I responsible for this? <laughs> did I and like and and then there's so then the costs involved of it shift your perception as well. Like, okay, what uh, what uh, probably my girlfriend's probably not acting normal and not telling me what's wrong with her because her parent or her like parents or families being like held hostage and she's being forced to act like nothing's wrong um but what if they are and like that's my response because like i discovered to like fucking time travel or whatever and people from the future are after me to get these fucking secret and like it's it's a lot it's there's an endless amount of ways it can spiral out of the, like there's nothing but spirals yeah. <laughs> like, and, and so there was, uh, I mean, there were, there were, there were times the, the main thing was there was almost no humor in any of it for me. Like I, I didn't laugh. Like that's, if you find yourself like never being able to laugh at anything, that's like a good sign that like there's probably something wrong, or at least in my case. Yeah. So there was there was one point like when I knew I was turning a corner was when I was able to start like laughing at myself a little bit again. So there was a point when I was like, okay, they're editing together the story to keep me in here to like send to my parents because there's like, uh, like why isn't my girlfriend coming to visit me today? Are they not letting her? Or is she just like, she just needed some fucking rest and a yeah. break from this. But are they not letting it? Like, what, why can't I get her on the phone? And, and, uh, and, and first off, there's just like these inconvenient things. Like there's, there's two pay phones or whatever that you can use in the fucking why there's something wrong with the wiring so like someone else in like a different unit i'm hearing part of their conversation I'm like, that actually are they was reco- happening that was happening <laughs> okay. so then i'm like are they recording it <laughs> <laughs> no, and like i would hear the person next to me on the phone and i could like hear them in the phone too so like i oh. knew there was just like things wrong with the like phone yeah. system but i was like right, well was why are a... there things wrong like is it because they're you yeah. know, what? could it be so, a slightly worn wire that's touching another wire or <laughs> so because I was like, I'm worried they're going to edit together like some story of me being crazy. I was doing things to like throw off the continuity of anything that they could make. So oh I would like, God. I would like put my band on like a different arm. <laughs> like, like, I, you're, like you're watching movie, you're watching. Right? Yeah, very yeah. critical viewers of video. 
And like, yeah. wait, the camera's crossing the line here. This is a good filmmaking. Uh, uh, that, right. that motorbike wasn't invented until 1976, yeah. but the movie is, is set in... Shame my story is set in 1975. Um, uh, excuse me, Warner Brothers, but where is... So, so I'm doing these things to like make it impossible to put together. So I'm like changing my shirts all of the time. You're singing and Beatles like, songs because they can't get the rights to them? And, and so then, <laughs> just... so then I'm like, so then it'll cost them a fortune if so they want to put this I'm out like, now. But then, but other people are kind of clearly doing like similar-ish things. So I'm like, why is it? So then I'm like, oh, is this also like a game to get out? And like when you figure out the, and it's like, and I play a lot of board games, as you guys know. Yeah, I do. So then it's like, okay, so what you need to unlock this puzzle is like you wear the scrub pants with like a regular shirt and no socks and, and that and that's the thing so you look for the people doing that and those are those are the allies and the other people are again and, and like it's all this fucking you're looking for these like one of these things is not like the other yeah. so now I'm like but now but all the other crazy people are watching me and so I go and try, and now like we're all wearing fucking one sock <laughs> At the time, because I start this fucking one sock trend. And everyone else is like, why is he wearing one sock? Are we supposed to wear one sock? And so I wouldn't now, believe this if it was in a movie. Yeah, it's. And, and that's what my psych ward experience so, looks so like. So, how many total days? So, was that the point? Just Sorry, seven. Okay. So, I really got a. I got pretty lucky. Oh, that, that was all that was crammed into a week. Oh, there's so there's endless amounts of stories. So like, that was just that um, there's lots of stuff. But happening. was the sock thing? Was that we said what the time you started to realize you could laugh at yourself? Yeah, yeah, that was like when I saw like every I'm wearing one sock and now everyone's going and taking their sock off. I'm like, oh, okay, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you're you're a trendsetter. What else, Malcolm Gladwell, like social mavens or something? <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. So then you got you got it home is, that is still... Sorry, just thinking. That's just um, it took <laughs> your recognition of something crazy to realize. Oh, I'm being crazy. Yeah, <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah. This is crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, the whole time there was always a part of me that right. was like, "This is crazy." There was always a large part of me. There was always like ninety percent of me at least. That's like. That's a crazy idea. It was just like there's all sorts of things your your brain, you know, all of our emotional states are these different motivators. So different aspects of your brain are like fighting for control and when you're like what decision should I make and should I be anxious right now or should I be jovial right now? Like those are those are different things happening in your mind right now competing for attention with your consciousness. Yeah. And one thing that uh if if you know you the if you get it in your head that something's really important and you need to stay up like one really great motivator is fear like whether that's like am i gonna fail my test tomorrow if i don't stay up you know yeah. studying and so like once fear takes over as this motivator it can like get in there and tell you all sorts of story it, it was like looking back on it one of the like wonderful lessons about it was it was just like it was just like taking every emotional state to its most outrageous ridiculous exaggerated outcome 
to show like really how how flawed and fickle our perceptions and emotions and misleading they yeah. can sometimes be and this is i mean if you look at like what the news does to people or anything i mean people are kind of driving themselves crazy with yeah. unfounded fears right you, now you, you can rationalize all you want but you can't no. talk yourself out of your emotions because no it's scary how smart you are it's yeah yeah you see a scary thing on the news and it's like well yeah i know i can i can do statistics and know that like the shark attack probably isn't going to happen to me but, but the story you told me when i go into the ocean <laughs> i don't see like a bunch of graphs and charts in my head i see the picture of a shark ripping me apart into pieces you know yeah. and 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 so your consciousness can bias your perception in all sorts of very flawed ways uh this is you know and and <clears throat> what was so interesting is like this is my podcast here we are is all about this stuff it's well, I was... all about cognitive biases and so i was like also there was a part of me that was like this is so interesting <laughs> like i was able to like be a scientist too and dissect like why i was going crazy and how this was happening and I'm... well this is a perfect opportunity because i was about to segue into talking about this because this and also the new live tour that you're doing mm-hmm. but that is the po- we've talked about your podcast on other episodes of probably science but this is the podcast you've been doing for a while now where you talk to every episode is talking to a scientist and normally it's a scientist who's somewhere in the world of psychology or behavioral science or main wheelhouse would be like evolutionary psychology and biology are are usually like kind of my favorite episodes that i kind right. of know the most about because uh, you're, psychology... you're mostly i feel like you're mostly interested in scientists who in some way trying to explain at least a piece of the human condition yeah 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 very much so child development we've had some fun episodes recently those are that's like my my favorite kind of stuff have you talked to stuff have you talked to any of your past guest scientists subsequently about your experience your uh no i've been meaning to do that i was a little attached to it for a while like i recorded three episodes while i was in the first week when i was manic and I was like making less sense than normal. This is three normal episodes with a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting some odd looks from <laughs> still like good conversations. Oh. Like, you know. Have you put those uh, episodes out? Oh, yeah. I, I put them out. Which, um, which ones are they? I'm at, I'm at podcast.com right now. Let's see. Go back a ways and I'll tell you. There, There's one. Uh, no, go up. Um, there, There was... There was a period where I was in Colorado at the time. Um, I could also look in iTunes, I guess. Um, And there was like a physics one. And I normally don't do physics, but that that screwed with my head a bit. Um, Okay, the Knowledge Illusion one. There's a book uh, with Philip Feinberg. There was was one um, right afterwards. Oh, Aaron Clossett language and information and then kateri mccree it's titled mental health i don't even think we talked about mental health i don't know why it was titled probably because i was losing my mind and my editor could hear it um um and and those were like there was a couple like where i was dropping like these seeds of hints about like the secrets of the universe (laughs) within like the inner interviews in a way that the guest wouldn't know but only like people on my level would understand yeah yeah it was uh i mean 
it was fascinating you know i i'm alive today and like doing better than ever uh and and like i feel i feel the most I feel the worst for like my girlfriend and f- especially family that I had to go through it. Yeah. So my family's kind of like, never going to understand and never going to like kind of get over it. And for my girlfriend still has like PTSD from the whole experience. Jesus. Um, and, and, but from my point of view, like now looking back, I'm like, wow, that was so fucking interesting. <laughs> and like, no one gets to you don't like have that experience. That's true. Um, what what dropped you? Or what lifted you out of the depression that you said you had after? So, uh, funny story. I got pretty desperate and took mushrooms again. Uh-huh. Um, uh, like uh, this is a few months after the first one. Went great. Snapped me out of it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm I'm back." And then uh, and then I did um, mushrooms again doing like like okay i'm back now and i was starting to feel a little connected after how much time between those two uh so i did like three times in a week i was uh, i was helping out with this um retreat in uh in jamaica um mushrooms are legal in jamaica and oh, so i, I sometimes go down there's this company michael meditations where you can go down and i'm doing another one in april where i don't do mushrooms and helping people they're their first time also just doing a show and stuff mm-hmm. but um but I, uh, so I had a great time there, snapped me out of everything, kind of seemed like it got things on track. And then New Year's Eve, my favorite time to trip, uh, because it's kind of like a great time to lay the groundwork for planning for the next year. I, uh, I had one where it was, I started connecting with this, you know, the, the yeah, I started getting messages again. Uh-huh. Um, again, just from mushrooms though. Yeah. Just from mushrooms. This Large time. dose or? Pretty large dose, yeah. I mean, but even still, I think once you've already once got you've that in your head, created the pathways in your mind, mm-hmm. you can kind of reaccess them. Like since I've started smoking DMT, or the five years ago, or yeah. whatever, when I started smoking DMT, I would start having some mushroom experiences where there was points at which I would have a very DMT-ish experience for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. That never happened before DMT, but it was after DMT, it had created this kind of portal, and you know, the, this this access to you know whatever circuitry in my mind and uh and so yeah it started again um i had medication this time i lost some gigs over i had a i was on stage um in uh in plano texas and i um became convinced that all of the jokes that i had written actually meant something else and were actually a joke on me (laughs) okay and that like the audience was like like normally i thought they were laughing like with, with me right. it was actually they were laughing at me and this like need for validation and, everything. and there was oh, all this stuff and i just started like losing my place on stage and like free- and i'm like this is a simulation and this is just like i'm just this thing like we're actually all uh, this is like what i am is just this fucking joke for like this other reality that exi- that they're all like just having this laugh at and this is like what my life is is just this fucking joke for other people and i started and like that's just a small again just like a small part of me that little seed of an idea that got into my head that then just like a bit of you throw a little additional paranoia into that 
and uh, in a, a manic state, and it can those ideas can run away with you a little bit. Yeah, and um, and so I had another one went on went on meds again. Um, it wasn't near as bad this time um, by. Uh, but I, I still, I, I had like a bad, like five or six days where I was like pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like couldn't really, it's a lot of like, uh, uh, I'm across the street right now, but what am I, is, is like the universe like making me cry? <laughs> what if I go, will, right? uh, what if I go up? It was like, yeah, it was a whole like free will thing. And so I'm like trying to like. <laughs> Uh, out, uh, zig, uh, out zig and zag the fucking universe, <laughs> and and so the, which means you're just like in the middle of the street, like pacing back and forth. Yeah, um, and and uh, suddenly you're like that's why crazy people pace back and forth yes, in the street. That's why crazy people pass, pace back and forth on the street. Um, it is, and like if I in those states, like if I walked by like a schizophrenic person or something like that, it was like. I knew what they were like. I could understand. Like, if they were saying something, I'd be like, "Oh, I, I get completely what you're saying." Like, that really oh. resonates with me. Um, like, because uh, it's good to have empathy uh, with. Uh, yeah. Um. I. I mean, that's. I. I do think that. The, hopefully, one day there will be a better system than what we have currently. Yeah. Um. And and definitely what I went through really. Uh, highlighted the importance of that for me on a personal level um and then it went went through the depression again so you know took the mood stabilizers put out the fire uh deep dark depression again just tons i i'm not like having a suicidal thought isn't the most unusual thing in my life but like nonstop and like making plans for like That's... for like months, it was it was you That's know serious. it was yeah. it was pretty serious, and uh, then it just started um, clearing up. It just like things just started getting on track again. Do, and... do you have strategies in place that you've been able to put in place while your head's clearer, so that if you're in that depression again, you you can help and people can help get you out of or at least keep an eye on you and stop you from yeah i mean my girlfriend's a social worker so she had like this uh-huh. is like what she does is like sit down with people and like go put together plans and strategies for that i right. have my medication with me because um, that's even also I something i found out relatively recently which is if someone is potentially suicidal in your head, the worst thing you can do is to ask them that question. But actually, that's the best thing you can do mm. is to actually ask them direct questions, like, "Are you feeling? Su- are you having suicidal thoughts? Have you made a plan? Uh, have you done anything to enact that plan?" All those questions that in in most people's heads are like, "Oh, if I ask them that, that's going to push them into this." Oh, and you're like, right. "Well, no, they're already having. If they're having those thoughts, they're already having those thoughts. You're mm. not going to. It's not like you're going to bring up the idea and they'll suddenly go." Oh, suicide. I hadn't mm. thought of that. It's actually the best thing to do is to directly reach out and directly ask the question rather than just trying to allude to. I found that in my inner world, it actually helps to just take the thought to its inevitable conclusion too and like picture myself blowing my head off or whatever it is, like rather than like stopping and fighting that. Like 
it seems like there's just like a sense of relief of like, okay, I had that idea. It's done now. And now I can move on. Not that that's necessarily going to work for everybody. Also beating yourself Um, up just for having the thought on top of having the thought. Right. Right. Uh, Almost as it takes the air out of that thought. Yeah, it really does. I, I, for you at least for me. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, but I also finally kind of, yeah, I'd, I'd been talking about what I was going through on stage a little bit mm-hmm. and like that started to like come together and piece together in a way that was like getting, um, you know, a interesting response and it just kind of like, um, got me, it helped me work through it, mm-hmm. uh, and working through it on stage helped me work through my mental health and, um, and, uh, also like it got me like excited to be talking about something different and interesting again. Um, and, uh, and that was like around April, just like things started. So this is now we're recording in September. Things started like really feeling like things are clicking into place again. And then it's just been like slowly just building, uh, habits of, uh, it was, uh last December I'd started rock climbing again. That helped oh, some, great. And then, uh, yeah, so now I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't have sugar very often. I like yoga and exercise and do all this and meditate regularly. And I am like the most on top of life that I've ever been. I've been like doing administrative shit and like getting back on emails and like organizational stuff that I'm not normally good at. And I'm like feeling consistently happy for the first time, like to have, for me to have a six month run Mm -hmm. to feel this good in like a balanced way, not in a manic way in a balanced, like, okay. For a six month run of having, and also having like an environment where I've had like some big letdowns and some like, career things go bad i've also had some career things go really well in that time mm-hmm. and nothing's you know i've been resilient and i also haven't got shot off into a manic state um when like the good things happen and to have that level of balance and like well-being in my life for even this amount of time uh is pretty spectacular for my life that's that's... like never happened before for me i had one other time where i was taking good care of myself and and whatnot but i was like i was still i was so not used to being like normal and taking care of myself that i didn't even like knew Mm -hmm. i had to like rediscover who i was and what this like healthy shane moss was even like what kind of a person is is that what is this change as far as your public persona in your career because you have kind of carved out this niche like here we are isn't just about the mind and about psychedelics but you've also sort of become a guru in the psychedelic community you've had a good trip the one man show yeah psychedelics like does this make you feel like you want to distance yourself from that or has has it changed your audience or Um, desires as far as what you want to I've been really happy with being able to network within the psychedelic community and meet all these interesting people and create all these interesting opportunities and meet uh, all these, I I think, psychedelic, the psychedelic crowds, the people that came out to those shows were the best audiences that I'd ever performed in front of. Mm -hmm. That's why I developed my new show, hoping that it's because psychedelics were always just meant to be one little piece of the puzzle. When I started putting the show together, I was like, 
just a thing that I did for myself for fun just to get a break from like the regular club thing of like not being able to talk about the things that I necessarily want to talk about and that are, you know, get the, the laughs and of, get me paid of a good trip. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the origins of a good trip was just like, I just wanted to like go somewhere on a Tuesday on an off night and like have a show that was just for me to like 50 people and actually like have fun. I just needed it. I was just like, you know, I didn't know like what I, I was just sick of my career at the time. And even though I've had a fortunate enough career and have been, you know, made a living and all that. Um, and, uh, and, and now, but, but I put the psychedelics, I have my documentary coming out next year. I don't know exactly. I think it's mid February or mid March. Were they shooting during the whole, enough. uh, time no. in this, so I'm guessing not in the psych ward. No, couldn't get cameras into the psych ward. Couldn't, there's a lot of, like, I also at the time, um, thought that, uh, like the documentary itself was like some trick sure? or some yeah, you can't turn Truman show ish <laughs> thing. And, and so like uh-huh. they basically kind of had, to finish it. Then, I mean, the nice thing was it created this very interesting story that I'm none sure. of us, and none of us saw happening, um, and it made for a nice documentary, especially for you know the little amount of um, it, it, what what we were able to make with what we had is uh, I'm called? very happy with Psychonautics, Psychonautics. and um, so so yeah, so you can go to com to find out more, um, but. Uh, but yeah, now now I'm I'm interested, and in, I have this stand up science uh, that's a, a live show. I was say, unlike this is, anything that we've talked about gonna, so yeah. far, I know, uh, which we, is we, totally fine. We literally got you on the show so we could talk. You could talk about this new live show. And we've talked for over an hour about yeah, everything that's else. Okay, that's okay. I, I'm happy to. Uh, yeah, tell uh, us about the new show. So the new show is just I'm I'm. I'm going through, uh, I'm soft launching this tour. That's just, you know, I've been going for four years now everywhere in my travels. I look up academics in the area, um, to tell me about their work, a lot of biology, animal behavior stuff. And, you know, we already kind of mentioned psychology and whatnot. And so I have built all of these connections and, um, uh, I've I've kind of been working on things like this for some time, and this is uh, the show's me hosting uh, and uh, uh, past here we are guest and or uh, not necessarily but but so far it's been past here we are guests signing up for it um, are doing so me hosting introducing a scientist to do like a fifteen to twenty minute like TED talky type of thing. I'm kind of encouraging them to be a bit more experimental looser, yeah. and looser and less like postmasters, yeah. less motivational <laughs> speaker, less fucking PowerPoint. Um, more like be a real person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then, um, and then, uh, a, a local, uh, comic doing, I, I just want it to be a platform for them to, do cerebral material to a smart crowd. I'm not necessarily making the comic adhere to like any theme or write science jokes or anything like that. I just, just want to be give aware them a that you've got a, I, Yeah, that's a real. Those crowds are often great. In, in the yeah. UK, friend of the show, Robin Ince, has been putting on shows for a while that where he mixes scientists, comedians, and there I've done just fight, you know, just short stand up sets on those shows. Yeah. And they are always fun it's such a fun they're, they're yeah. always great because it's an audience that's come out 
it's such a self-selecting audience. If mm. you see like science and comedy event and you decide to buy a ticket to that show you are going to be a certain type of person and that person is going to yeah. be someone that's going to be really fun to perform to and, and i don't want someone like that's the thing that's why i'm keeping it out of comedy clubs for the most part i'm doing a couple on off nights but i don't want anyone there by accident you know the right. same, that's why i learned from the psychedelic show like mm-hmm. you don't want like that show especially i didn't want anyone showing up not knowing what they were getting into but when you perform to a crowd that knows when it's like more of a specific niche and they know what they're there to see and they're like it's incredible and you're going to beat the curve because i feel like the average scientist who's trying to be funny ted talk style is like a minister who cracks one joke in the sermon and murders because everyone's just expecting a sermon right bar is set well this is like i've done things like this there's not this isn't you know there's Kind of, there's things in cities that are like, come and hear a scientist at a pub talk about physics or you know yeah. whatever. It's not. It's not a, it, like so. There's already. It's already a tested kind of. There's a but market I'm saying for you're it. Gonna be even funnier than people. But, are yeah, and I've done. Funny I've done those be, shows so, where yeah. there's like three. That, that's part of what I, I was in Denver, and there was like normally there's three scientists on the show, but just because I have you know a science podcast, they're like, oh, and we'll have a comic on that has a science bent. And, you know, watch the other two people, like, get some laughs with their adorable jokes. And then I got on stage and got to just Out of the way. fucking <laughs> With the best part of two decades of stand-up experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so uh, that was part... And and have, having done my podcast live, you know, like, that, it'll set the platform for... So there'll be two scientists doing talks and then... Um, and then a stand-up, and then all four of us on stage kind of uh, taking Q&As from the audience and having a panel discussion. So, uh, so like you know, so where I, is- I just kind of, I, I don't, what I like about it is I don't, uh, like, all, all the things, nothing about it is, like, the most like unheard of ground like you know there's ted talks there's Mm -hmm. there's stuff like this but it's just like i i've built over the years enough of a network in comedy and academia and now like with my psychedelic show have enough like uh experience in indie venues and enough places to reach out where i just have all of the mechanisms in place to make this uh, successful so you're doing when's the next one of these so this is october 10th is the first one in in madison and then the there's oh is according it, to your the, site oh boy i believe it's october 10th but go um, to shanemoss.com and i yeah i need to Oh, maybe it is the 11th. Um, and yeah, Minneapolis, Chicago, uh, Des Moines, Iowa just got added. So that'll be on there by the time you're listening and doing it in Portland, Seattle and Tacoma. So I'm, I'm doing it. I'm testing it. And I live in Portland now, so I'm testing it in the Northwest. And I'm from Wisconsin and have a fair amount of fan base kind of around that area. So I'm testing it, doing a soft launch in those areas and seeing if I can feeling it make out. a Great. quarterly show potentially there and expand from there you've got some and i would love to do it all over the country hopefully probably yeah. probably close to college towns usually to get some of the that's yeah out. i've been doing you know the market research and seeing yeah. like where where it would make the most sense yeah, yeah both awesome. for grabbing audience and guests as well yeah yeah going so. where the universities are so what's the name of that tour or those shows stand-up science okay okay yeah simple straightforward name yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah yeah portlanders uh november 1st at the siren theater 
Everybody else, go to ShaneMoss.com and check out the dates. Go, yeah, go see yeah. Shane. Have I played this And I'm theater? not crazy anymore, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by the way. Although that I mean, sounds well, like something. Uh, yeah, it's, all, it's all a relative term. I'm uh, Whatever crazy I am is quite functional for this world. Uh, He's just a stand-up <laughs> comedian baseline of crazy. Uh, yeah, I assume for having yeah, chosen this profession. Yeah. Uh, not psych ward. Uh, need to wear one sock. Uh, Have you written a pilot based on this experience yet? Have you, yeah. Are you trying to? to do anything with that story you know it's not that i've um kept any of this a secret and i've shared it on stage here and there but i'm also i go in and out of how much i want to even indulge my mind and like going down those paths i still from time to time have things where i'm like Boy, that sure seems like more than a coincidence. Uh, that, <laughs> right. uh, it just well, when you when you are taking, like you say, a kernel of truth and then lodging it, logicking it out to a very untruthful extreme. Right. If you're trying to write about that experience, that means you having to describe those things, which yeah. means you start to latch onto those kernels of truth and those logic pathways again. Yeah. Which is a dangerous thing to do if you already if you know those pathways are already starting to be well worn. Yeah, I never thought there'd be like I always kind of laughed at the idea of like uh you know, I'm from the I'm from the Midwest and had to very like leave it to Beaver, like, well, you know, you just talk about the weather and the sports and we just we don't talk about our feelings or and that always seemed like really unhealthy and everything. And like this experience has made me realize like I guess there are some like wormholes in the mind that like aren't that healthy to indulge in like necessarily all Yeah, or if for certain people if you are predisposed to a certain Right pathway and also you've then chemically encouraged it over time to right. make those pathways wider right 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 yeah so if you had to choose between the steely demeanor of the stereotypical midwestern family and open mind with the wormholes collecting everything you'd go with the closed off boy that's a great <laughs> question i don't know what i would choose and and supplemental question would I mean, you this ha- is this is. I think this is why we have evolved this this variance and this flexibility. I think that along the way we needed like adventurers that just not only weren't risk averse but loved risk taking and loved gambling and loved wild ideas. And then we had people that were like, "Yeah, we're gonna stay here." <laughs> you, you and like do kind of the the things that we know work <laughs> you go out there if you find anything worthwhile you come back and tell us about that and, you get and, to pick you know, the name <laughs> <laughs> you get that <laughs> exactly we'll call it whatever you want it to be called we'll stay here and, and see maybe people. this is like just different phases of life too like yeah. maybe it's just you know we reach a certain age uh that's also like Part of this is I had my 20-year high school reunion recently, too, and that was just this psychological experience of just, like, closing the door on whatever, like, bit of teenager was left inside of me was, like put into the coffin as soon as like you see the reality of, like, oh, we are adults now. Like, we are definitely not teenagers anymore we have, we have we responsibilities are tw- twice the age that we were when we left this place <laughs> yes we have like and it's also just like seeing the science experiment of like 
okay, we took one person and had them do like the things that you're supposed to do in like diet and exercise, and we took another person <laughs> and let them eat whatever the hell they wanted anytime they wanted to, and we stuck them side by side and saw what the end result was. Yeah. It was just like this wake up call. Yeah. I was so happy that I went. It wasn't. It wasn't you're even glad, that I like. You're glad you. Oh, went. it was like the internal like whatever happened inside of me was wonderful. It wasn't that. Like it's not that it, it was fine enough seeing everybody, you know. Yeah. It was a, you know, it was, I, it was fine. It, it wasn't terribly interesting. I didn't have like any great conversations. It was more of just this internal. You'd see a person, uh, be like, oh, like, you, you know, like, uh, say, say you and I, we don't see each other for twenty years now. Like after this, yeah, I see you again twenty years from now. It's gonna take me a second to recognize you. Mm-hmm. And my brain's going to have to, like, go back to, like, okay, how do I know this person from? And it's going to, like, remember this conversation or, you know, the time we went rock climbing together or something like that. And it's going to tap into that to assemble the, like, oh, Andy. Um, and, And that was, like, this interesting, like, live kind of, or, uh, like, in the um in the moment kind of meditation like mindfulness experience and just everything that came up um that was like oh my god i forgot about that gym teacher or you know Uh just strange but it was really just like felt like a chapter in my life so so i don't that that is like that is all to say like um if there's any listener that's like you know, it seems a little crazy, but I'm going through a rough time. Maybe if I eat enough psychedelics to lose my mind for for a few months and I'll come out on the other side of it as <laughs> my best self like Shane Moss did. Uh, there could be other factors yep. <laughs> going on. Are, are you glad in general or not? Would you, if you had a chance over again, have gone through your psychedelic journey? No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, I mean, yes. Absolutely, yes. I mean, I think I would have killed myself a long time ago had it not been for psychedelics. When I first did psychedelics, when I was like 16 years old, I was like, oh, okay, this is what reality actually is. This is like, I thought I was crazy my entire life because I had this like religious upbringing that never jived well with any of like what my, what I thought how the was. experience was. It just didn't sound like am I crazy? Is everyone else crazy? And like, yeah, I was young. I didn't understand like, you know, spirituality is evolves over the blah, blah, blah. Um, culture is it bonds people, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I, and I remember eating mushrooms for the first time being like, Oh no, like, you know, this, this existence that we're a part of is, is just like a very crazy and very interesting journey and i would have i don't think that i would have my interest in nature or anything else that i i doubt that i would have a science podcast right now if i would have never done psychedelics i think that i'd probably be um if not killed myself i think i would be uh in in a factory showing up late because i was hung over from uh drinking for uh, eight hours after my shift i think that's where my life would have would have gone um, uh-huh. I, I think it uh, it might still one day. Who knows? <laughs> no, we still got plenty. There's always the factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we should probably also just because 
as well as it being a good idea to directly ask someone who might be having suicidal thoughts, are you having those thoughts? We should also probably put a link at the end of this episode because we talked about suicide a fair bit to hotlines because if you're having those thoughts, also voicing those thoughts to someone else is the healthiest thing you can do. Yeah. So there, there is, I mean, that was one thing, like I've been able to talk openly about this with my girlfriend who also has depression issues of her, of her own, but also is a social worker and is like, so she's very aware of how conversations and that's been just like really life changing for me. Just having to not just internalize this stuff all of the time. That is meant to be one of the worst things is just, you get through this cycle in your head of it spiraling and. Uh-huh. voicing it so yeah we'll put some links at the end of, i don't know if we'll be able to get every country's hotline that we have a listener from but well i could say if you're in the u.s nice thing to do you can call 800 273 8255 24 hours a day uh and then the samaritans true you can't well and then there's the samaritans who are the best uk ones which uh i think is just a shorter number i believe hang on my computer is being very slow we should probably find uh, but we'll put we'll put links as well. We'll put it in the show notes. There we go. The Samaritans. You can just call them straight on one one six one two three. And there's a, there's also like the other thing is there there's all of these um, like we had a if, if you if you're wondering like a suggestion for a good here we are podcast. I did one great one recently. This lady that wrote this book objection um, uh, morality disgust in the law i believe it's called and it's a lot a lot about how our disgust mechanisms um filter into our perception of our morality and right and wrong mm-hmm. and uh and people might see um you know homeless or schizophrenic or whatever people on the street and there's a natural inclination like something in you goes like oh that person's dirty and maybe has disease whether you consciously realize that you're doing it or not right you might be doing that and might have some like a natural like reaction to be like oh we should stay our away and distance ourselves from that person but i think maybe maybe look uh view those people just a little bit different that easily could have been me and i'm a very like uh you know i'm a smart enough ish guy <laughs> who's trying to do good things in the in the world and doing the best that I can, and I could be on the street right now, uh, being that crazy person that you're walking by and with your one sock like dangerous. Your, What's that? With your one, one with your single sock. With my single sock. Right? He's got two socks on. Right now. <laughs> I do have two curious. socks. So they seem to match. <laughs> I can't completely tell. They're dark. They are, they match. I think it's a great note to end it on. Shane, where can I, we've already mentioned it a bit, but where yeah, can our listeners Moss, track you? M-A-U-S-S dot com. And that's where all the just your stand up sets and stand up science, uh, the new tour. Yeah. Which my here we are podcast dot com website has has all the I I mean, obviously, uh we we probably have a a, a lot of listeners that are into um the I assume we have some overlap. Yeah. I would we say if you're into science and comedy, which is exactly <laughs> what this podcast is, you're probably going to at least have a passing interest in what in the stand-up science shows that Shane's doing around the country. I mean, it's also nice to see you guys. It's lovely to see. <laughs> it is too long. I missed the fact it, it, that you it moved. didn't seem it didn't seem like a natural fit to <laughs> to, to get on here. Yeah, now you moved you moved up to the northwest. I don't get yeah, to see you nearly I know, enough. I know. So I'm glad to have you here uh, yeah. in every sense. Yeah, absolutely. 
And Hopefully, uh, listeners will come see you on the road, and we'll see you again soon. I'll be up in Portland, but I'm going to miss you on this next trip. Yeah. But, and, um, and listeners, as always, we're back with a regular episode next week. You can always email us, probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. Find us on Facebook yep. slash probablyscience. Any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you'd like us to cover, all that kind of thing. Uh, spread the word. Say nice things about us on the internet. Give us good ratings and subscribe on iTunes or your yes. podcast listener of choice. Oh, and I just realized since this has to come out before October 11th to plug your show, I can also plug that I'll be in Portland October 10th with oh. Jay Larson at Mission Theater. So come out and see me Wednesday, October 10th if you're in Portland. I know we have Portland listeners. Or Tacoma on the 11th at uh, Tacoma Comedy Club or Wenatchee on the 12th. Look up Jay Larson's tour dates for that info. Do that. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Shane. Yes, thanks so much. Thanks so much.